section two of in old plantation days by paul lawrence dunbar this librivox recording is in the public domain aunt tempe's revenge laramie bell why she was laramie bell no one could ever make out laramie bell had astonished the whole plantation she came of stock that was prone to perpetrating surprises and she did credit to her blood and breeding when she was only two weeks old the wiseacres had said that no good could ever come to so outrageously a named child aunt mandy had quite expressed the opinion of every one when she said why ef de child had been named a poa bible name or a poa devil name she mought amounted to sumpin but dat i contraption laramie bell ain't one nur t'other she done doomed already and here was laramie bell after eighteen years of a rather quiet life getting ready to fulfil all the adverse prophecies there were perhaps two elements in the matter that made the mordaunt plantation look upon it with less leniency even than usual of course it was the unwritten law of the little community that alliances should not be contracted with people off the estate but even they knew that love must go where it will and a certain latitude might have been allowed the culprit had she not been guilty of another heresy that made her crime blacker incredible as it may seem at the very time that tom norton began bestowing his impudent attentions upon her julius the coachman had also deigned to look at her with favour for her to give the preference to the former was an offence not to be overlooked nor condoned by so doing she not only lost a golden matrimonial opportunity but belittled the value of her own people there was another feeling that entered into the trouble too a vague almost shadowy dislike to the man upon whom laramie bell had placed her affections although only a tradition to the younger servants the memory was still vivid in the minds of the older heads of aunt tempy's desertion by her husband when he took up with the norton woman they remembered how tempy then a spirited lively woman had mourned and refused to be comforted and they could not forget the bravery with which she had consented that stuart mordaunt should transfer her husband to master norton in order that he might be with his new wife she had mourned for weeks yes for months and no one else had ever come into her heart was it not enough that this suffering had come to a mordaunt through this norton wench without this man this son of her and her stolen mate taking away one of the plantation's buds of promise they talked much to laramie bell but she was not a girl of many words and only held her head down and made imaginary lines with her foot as she listened she would not talk to them about it but neither would she give up tom and encourage julius there were those who believed that she was encouraged in her stubbornness by her mother that mother who had closed her ears to all advice remonstrance and prophecy when warned as to the naming of her baby they were right too for lucy did uphold her daughter's quiet independence indeed there was a streak of strangeness in both of them that in spite of the younger woman's popularity placed them as it were in a position apart you right honey said her mother to her ef you loves tom noten you tek up wid em don keer what de rest says yo got to live wid him yo got to do his cookin and washin and 
ironing and all you got to do is to get mass stuart to say yes to you no one argued with lucy whatever they might say to her daughter about the older woman there was a spirit fierce and free that would not be gainsaid there was something of the wild nerve of african forests about her that had not yet been driven out by the hard hand of slavery nor yet smoothed down by the velvet glove of irresponsibility the essence of this albeit subdued refined diluted perhaps was in her daughter and that was why she kept her way in spite of all opposition as for tom norton opposition only made him more determined and nothing did him more good than to laugh in the face of julius as he was leaving the mordaunt place after a pleasant visit with laramie as promiscuous visiting between the plantations was forbidden tom had had the good sense to secure both his masters and stuart mordaunt's consent the latter's reluctantly given to these excursions on the principle however that he who has given much may with safety take more he often overstepped the bound and went to see his sweetheart when the permission was wanting julius found this out and determined to administer a severe lesson to his rival on the first occasion that he found him within his domain without his master's permission so thinking he laid his plans carefully the first of them being to gain a friend and informant on the norton place this he succeeded in doing and then after confiding in a couple of trusted friends he lay in wait for his unfortunate rival he had a stout hickory stick in his hand and he and his friends were stationed at short intervals of space along the road which tom must cross to visit laramie bell it was a moonlit night the watchers by the roadside heard the sound of his footsteps as their victim approached but with ghoulish satisfaction they let him pass on it was not now that they wanted him but when he came back then they would have the fun of whipping him to his very gate and he would not dare to tell they possessed their souls in patience and waited chuckling ever and anon at the prospect as the first hour passed they yawned more and chuckled less through the second hour during the third the yawns held exclusive sway he was staying particularly late that night it was in the grey dawn that unsatisfied sleepy and angry they took their way home their heads seemed scarcely to have touched the pillars when the horns and bells sounded the rising hour oh misery they had missed tom too julius could not understand it it was very simple though man proposes but woman exposes and he had not learned to beware of a friend who had a wife so his secret had leaked out laramie bell had had a chance to warn tom and going by another road he had been in bed and snoring when his watchers were wearily waiting for him by the roadside even for the coachman's friend the story was too good to keep and before long big house and quarters were laughing to their hearts content the unwelcome suitor was doubly unfortunate however for his action precipitated the result which he was so anxious to prevent seeing himself in danger of being the constant victim of intrigue and molestation tom norton determined to press his suit and bring matters to a close with this end in view he sought his master and laid the case before him begging for his intercession norton the master promised to visit stuart mordaunt and talk the matter over with him he did so he laid the case before mordaunt plainly and clearly a negro on his plantation was in love with one of his host's maids what was to be done about it well it's this way norton said mordaunt frankly you know i have never countenanced this mating of servants off the plantation it's only happened once and you know how that was i know but mr mordaunt tom likes that wench and if he don't get her it'll make a bad darky out of him that's all and you'll be a trouble to your plantation as well as to mine oh i can answer as to mine perhaps but there's no telling what influence he might have over your people and that's worth looking into you're on the wrong road to accomplish your end with me norton but you don't understand i'm not talking for myself but for the happiness of a boy that i like you know how i handled a similar case 
yes but i'm a poorer man than you and i well i can't afford to be generous mordaunt laughed coldly well he said i don't like the stock of that boy tom you know how his father treated tempe and oh well norton see me again i'm not in the mood to discuss this matter now and he rose to dismiss his visitor i'll sell tom cheap said norton in spite of your deep feeling for him my deep feeling for him prompts me to help him to happiness very considerate of you norton but i'm not buying or selling darkies good day norton ground his teeth as he walked away that proud fool despises me he murmured angrily but either he shall buy tom or that nigger shall make him more than his money's worth of trouble stuart mordaunt went away from the interview with his neighbour with a sneer on his lips he despised aldbury norton not because he was a poor man but because he was a man with no principle once an overseer now a small owner he brought manners of the lower position to the higher one i'd buy tom he said to himself just to satisfy laramie bell if it wasn't against my principle when the plantation through some mysterious intelligence heard how tom's suit fared it was exultant after all the flower of their girls was not to go away to mate with an inferior they ceased to laugh at julius behind his back but there is no accounting for the ways of women and at this time laramie bell ceased speaking to him so setting one off against the other the poor coachman had little to pride himself upon the girl now had fewer words than ever her smiles too were fewer and she was often in tears seeing her thus the fierceness in her mother's face and manner increased until it grew to be a subtle fact that one who cared for his life was not to bother laramie bell nor lucy during all the trouble aunt tempy had listened and looked on unmoved every one had expected her to take a very decided part against the welcome suitor the son of her old rival and her defaulting husband but she had not done so she had stood aloof until this crisis came even now she was strangely subdued only she cast inquiring glances at laramie bell's long tear-saddened face whenever she passed her day by day she saw how the girl faded and then came the wrath of the plantation upon her when they saw that she would not yield they cast her off they would not associate with her nor speak to her she was none of theirs let her find her friends over at norton's they said they laughed at her and tossed their heads in her face and she went her way silent but weeping lucy's eyes grew fierce something strange foreign even while within her seemed to rear itself and call for release but she held herself as if saying a little while yet the day came however when aunt tempy could stand laramie bell's sad face no longer it may have been the influence of parker's words as he told of the command to do good to dem dat spitefully use you or it may have been the strong promptings of her own good heart that drove tempy to seek her master out well tempy said mordaunt as he saw that she had settled herself for her. talk with him what now it's des another one of my sputes and tempy with an embarrassment entirely new to her well what's coming now mass stood i's an old fool dat's what i is aunt tempy have you found that out then you begin to be wise it's wonderful how as you and i get old we, we arrive at the same conclusions i ain't joking mass stuart i's mighty anxious i've been thinking about tom and laramie bell now tempy hold on mass you know de reason i got some right to think about them too mass stuart my old man didn't do me right to leave me and take up wid another ooman he was a hound look at ya what you talking about you ish i was gwine long to say dat my man didn't treat me right but since it's done it's done and de only way to do is to make de best of it you've been doing that for a good many years yes but it wasn't wid my willin heart brother paka say do dat we must do good to dem what spitefully use us what are you driving at tempy must it since tom noton he my old man's boy don't you reckon i some kin of a stepmammy to him 
stuart mordaunt could not repress a chuckle as he answered well i can't just figure out any such kinship i don't care what yo figures out it's got to be so cause i feels it it must be so then well de plantation done cuss laramie bell out cause she loved tom and she cryin uh, eyes out tom he feel mighty bad about it well master had let em marry tempy you know i object to the servants marrying off the plantation i know but and you know that i can't buy tom won't you dest this time no i won't i'm not a nigger trader and i won't have any one making me one you let me alone tempy and don't concern yourself in this business dey des to po chillin mas it i don't care if they are i won't have anything to do with it i tell you i won't have my people marrying with norton's and if he can't make a fair exchange for the man i gave him why tom and laramie bell will have to give each other up that's all aunt tempy said no more but went tearfully away but out of the corner of her eye she saw her master pacing up and down long after she had left him and she had the satisfaction of knowing he was uneasy confound tempy mordaunt was saying why can't she let me alone just as i quiet my conscience here she comes and knocks everything into a cocked hat i won't buy tom i won't that's all there is about it her stepson indeed he tried to laugh but it ended lamely confound tempy he repeated he was troubled for two or three days and then with a very sheepish expression he went to tempy's cabin tempy he said you've served me long and faithfully and i've been thinking about making you a present for some time law master what's the matter with you you hush up here's some money you can do with it as you please and he thrust a roll of bills into her hand why mass stuart mordaunt is your clean loony what is i gwine to do wid all dis money throw it in the fire confound you if you haven't got sense enough to know what use to put it to stuart mordaunt shouted as he turned away then the light dawned on aunt tempy and she sank to her knees with a prayer of thanks it took but a short time for her to have a less scrupulous man by tom for her and then with a solemnity as great as his own she presented him to her master who received him as he said in the spirit in which he was given lucy and laramie bell were present at the ceremony the fierce light had died out of lucy's eyes and laramie's face was aglow when it was all over julia shook hands with tom as an acknowledgment of defeat and that gave the cue to the rest of the plantation who forgot at once all its animosities against the new fellow-servant but there were some things which the author of all this good could not forget and on the night of the wedding when the others rejoiced aunt tempy wept and murmured he might have been mine he might have been mine End of section two.